Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Well, hello there. Just talking about some football in April. No big deal. Once again, Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm Kyle Borgannoni. I'm here as always with Matthew I play golf and think about golf, and this is Masters Week golf bets. Tell me how you are. It man. is Masters Week. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm fired up. We're Well, I don't know if you are, but I'm currently sweating uh, a few bets. I'm sweating some DFS in golf and PGA. Um, but, you know, it, like you said, it's April. People might be thinking about golf, but we're, we're here for football. And the thing that I love about our intro, uh, Kyle, is I never know where you're going with it. So I'm just kind of sitting here on the edge of my seat waiting to be like, what is the angle this week? What's he going to do? And uh, I'm happy you brought in, brought in the Masters because it's a good week. I'm excited. Are you currently sweating any uh, any bets? Okay, I placed a couple. Golf used to be have a very small percentage in my life. I'm saying like 1%. And mostly because I'm from Georgia, so the Masters is a big deal. I have a couple of friends that are really into golf. Shout out to my friend Benton, who basically has pestered me every single day this week to talk about the Masters and what wagers <laughs> he could place. So, yes. Good friend. <laughs> I do have a couple of wagers on players that I can't even pronounce their names, so that's how far I'm into it. All right, so you're you're in the thick of it, we'll say. You're in the Zan- Xander S, as I call him. Oh, you're a big Xander guy, huh? Xander Shoffley. Okay, yeah, that's how you say his name. You know, I've I've actually had my head further into what our job is, bets, which is the NFL draft. I don't know where you're at, but oh, you get uh, paid to do this. Apparently, they. Oh. Well, that's so that's tell me that. <laughs> that's kind of the joke around here is that uh, no one makes any money. You know, everyone. No. This is just a front um, for uh, a mattress business, uh, and we know that mattress businesses are always a front for money laundering. So <laughs> that aside, uh, let's get into our quick question. We're going to talk about. We've been talking about the NFL draft for you know a couple of weeks. We're going to do a mock draft next week, which I'm really excited. Last year was a really fun episode to talk through. All of the picks in the top 12 and the ways that you can look at it from a betting perspective. Where we differ, what we think teams should do. So we'll do our mock draft next week as we inch closer to the NFL draft. This week we're going to talk about NFL futures. We're going to talk about Super Bowl bets, uh, conference championship, MVPs. So some fun stuff there. But what's new for you on the NFL draft front? Are there any wagers since we talked last that you've taken? Yes, there are a couple. And if you go into the article that's on the website, it is uh, for free. It is an article that Kyle and I are writing together. Whenever we make a wager, for free, free. we make a wager. We put it in there so you can kind of track those with us. If you want to tail it, great. If you want to fade it, also great. Um, But, you know, we were talking a lot last week about Kenny Pickett to Carolina. And if you missed that conversation, go back and check that out. 
we did indeed fire on that one. So I think we got him at plus 175 or plus 150. I can't remember to go to Carolina um, to be the, the team that takes him. So we put, took that one together. We also, again, if you listened last week, you know, just a little sprinkle, not much, just a little sprinkle on Jamison Williams to go into the top 10, the top 10 picks of the draft at plus 1500. As of Thursday, Peter Schrager released his first mock draft. And I will say when I first read it, it felt a little hot takey. But if you follow Schrager's mock drafts over the course of time, he generally like when he gets a, a tip or he gets information from, you know, his sources or, or whatever, like he's kind of aggressive in the draft and will put that in his mock drafts. Doesn't mean it's always right, but he kind of is is putting his money where his mouth is, so to speak. He's the first person to put Jamison Williams as the first wide receiver off the board. He's the first person to put him in the top 10. But I was also listening today to uh, the Move the Sticks pod. I referenced that a lot with Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah. A direct quote from the show today. DJ says, if Jamison Williams, when it's all said and done, and we come full circle, ends up being the first wide receiver off the board, would you be surprised at all? Bucky Brooks says, no, I would not be surprised. So that looks good. That's still out there on a lot of books. Um, Again, it's a long shot bet. You're not counting on it by any means, but put a few bucks. You'll win more than... Uh, then you have to on some of these other wagers. So I kind of like that one a lot, especially with the trend that we're seeing in the market with Jamison Williams. Schrager and Jeremiah are two of the names that if you look at mock drafts, they matter because Schrager actually talks to NFL executives. Yes, he's a media personality, but he is plugged in. He's actually done a pod for a long time with Sean McVay, the flying coach pod. So there is a connection there. You can't take everything as gospel, but Peter Schrager, Daniel Jeremiah, pay attention when they have somebody because that's a big jump nobody else was having Jamison in that range so it's not saying it's going to happen we just finished on the footballer show our wide receiver rankings and I love Jamison I'm a, I'm a sucker for Alabama wide receivers Julio Jones uh, yeah I'm just I love but Jamison has the skills and had the production even just in one year at Alabama that teams won and so I don't know if he's going to be the first wide receiver with the board. You and I took it because we think there was good value, and it has changed a ton since we took it. But I think at the end of the day, he's. I think he's going to go in the top 15. If I, They don't have an over-under set for him, but I would probably put it right now at 15 and a half. And I believe when we talked about this last, we had it more like at like 21 or 22. So yeah, I think that's it's, correct. I think it's moved up a little bit. But yeah, James as soon as that comes out, we got to be ready, dude. Don't you can't sleep for the next three weeks, Kyle? Because as soon as it comes on the books, we got to go for it. <laughs> we'll do it for the people. I will yeah, not people. sleep because Betts is about to enter a part of his life where he's not going to sleep at all, anyways. So, uh, if you're not giving us content at two in the morning, what are you doing with your life? I'll probably be drafting uh, best ball on underdog. Actually, <laughs> thank you for asking. I so I was looking at best ball ADP. That's something we haven't mentioned quite yet because we like to talk about it after the NFL draft, where we think see things kind of shake out. But we will start teasing our best ball content and our best ball primer that comes out June 1st. I'll add one more draft wager that I feel really bullish on. You and I have been all about Ahmad Sauce Gardner. We're all about the sauce these days. We got him at under eight and a half. And it, it seems like in mock drafts, like that's where that's the latest I see him going is seventh or eighth. So there's a pretty good picture that he's gonna wind up in that seven range. But in a lot of mock drafts, including ones like Bucky Brooks and people that I actually respect, they had him going fourth overall to the Jets. And I think there's enough noise there that between the Jets and the Giants, a top five bet on a player 
that's clearly probably going to be the first cornerback. I mean, he's priced that way in the markets. And teams always fall in love with a cornerback in every single draft. Like, you remember a couple years ago, it was Denzel Ward with the Browns. Went all the way up at fourth overall. He also, Sauce Gardner, is meeting with every team in the top five, except for the Jaguars, because he's not going number one. So, I like the value right now. It's still at plus 140. I will say I've bet it twice, and I'm really tempted to bet it again. So, <laughs> talk me out of it, Betts. That's when you know you really love a bet, is when you just log back <laughs> in, and every time you see it, you just pause for a second, and you're like, wait, did I already bet this? Yeah, I did. Okay, let's do it again. Um, I'm with you, man. I think it's phenomenal value. I think this changes in the next two, three, four days, honestly, um, to the point where it's not in the plus money anymore. I think when it's all said and done, you look at you know, where we're at in two weeks, I could see this easily coming down uh, being minus money. So yes, I love this bet on Sauce Gardner. It was one of those shower thoughts. And I think mm. that's when I feel like I do the most clear thinking. Yeah, I agree with that. I buy yeah. it. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure I'm not crazy for betting something and then betting it again. But if I bet it again the third time... Uh, then you're crazy. Dang. All right. Well, I'm tempted. Uh, but if you want to, if you want to follow along, if you want some more information on that, like Bet said, all of those props are published for free on thefantasyfootballers.com. You can follow me at Kyle underscore Borg or Bets at the Fantasy PT on Twitter. We would love to interact. Love to talk more NFL draft as we get a little bit closer. But this week we're going to be talking about NFL futures and kind of forecasting for the entire season. So let's get into it. <laughs> Straight cash, homie. We've talked at length about the NFL draft, and we wanted to give you a little bit of a pause because we're going to go right back to it next week. But we think this is a good time to assess some of these futures markets. Now, when we're talking about futures markets, mostly we're we're saying Super Bowl, who's going to win division, you know, who's going to be MVP, you know, some of the awards. We spent an entire show later on talking about these awards and how to approach them from a betting standpoint. So we'll get more of that. But for futures, it's best not to get too hasty on these things because it takes a long time to see this money return, right? Like with our Falcons, that was that was our big bet this past year, which one day we'll never talk about the Falcons again. I'm fine with that on the show. I think this year it could be. Well, actually, no, because in DFS, we're going to be playing against them a lot. Are we? Are we? Are they going to be in totals that are going to hit 50? Well, we're, I mean, think about last year. It was, okay, no analysis needed. You play this player against the Jets if you have the running back. I could see an easy scenario like that for a wide receiver or something like that this year. So we'll talk about it in that way. But yeah, let's let's move on from the Falcons for now. It's going to be play your DST against the Falcons, isn't it? That's, that's what it's going to be. Yes, it is. But you're tying up your money for a very long time with these futures bets. So you want to give any explanation of why to kind of temper your expectations, like we're getting a, a feel for what the market's saying right now, forecasting, but don't go overboard on these. Yeah, I mean, that's the the biggest thing, right? It's just, if you feel like you have an edge in futures markets, then yeah, go ahead and kind of get into it and obviously make the wagers that you see fit. But really what you kind of have to look at here, like you said, you're tying up your money for almost like two thirds of the year. So unless you have a bigger bankroll that you can either... Um, tap into in the future if you're into like betting props and that kind of thing in season or if you like more markets that come out after the NFL draft like you're just you have to wait so long for this money to come back so it is one factor to consider the other thing is you know the NFL draft changes this outlook a ton 
Um, there are injuries that are going to happen. There are suspensions that are going to come up that we will not have seen come out of anywhere, right? Like, remember, like, uh, several years ago, like the Zeke Elliott situation. No one could predict that type of stuff. So things change, and, you know, the market will will adjust as information comes about. So it's a little, I think, not. I'm not going to say hesitant. I'm not hesitant to jump in on this stuff yet, but I'm just saying, like, don't go all in, like Kyle's saying, because there's a lot that still needs to happen. The NFL draft, more free agents are still out there. Things can change there. So, um, yes, lots of information coming in. Don't go overboard. You also get more information as the season goes on, and you can adjust. So, like for MVP last year, my long shot bets that I took were Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott. And I think I got good value for the first seven weeks of the year. Kyler Murray was like a top three MVP candidate. And then he tailed off, of course. But you kind of got to see how the season progressed where it felt like it was Tom Brady for a long time. And then I was able to pounce on Aaron Rodgers at like plus 250 with still a month left in the season. And then things changed where the narrative was Rodgers is the clear guy. So with these, I would just say you can you can wait for the most part, but it's really fun to root for a team at the beginning of the year in long odds. It's even better, I would say, win totals I think are a little bit easier to gauge because you're dealing with actual schedule as opposed to some ambiguous things like MVP. You know, there's just a lot going on there. So we'll talk about that. Let's first get into Super Bowl odds. And right now we have the Bills as the current favorite at plus 650. The Bucks are plus 700. The Chiefs and Packers and Rams are plus 1,000. So those are the current favorites. And you and I will kind of get into who we like and who's overvalued. But I did want to give a hot stat. Hot stat. You love a hot stat. I do like a good hot stat because it's helpful to look back at what do we already know. What do we know is look at the Super Bowl winners from the past decade. Okay, that's as far as I wanted to go back. A decade ago is that Joe Flacco-led Ravens, your boy. Mm, I remember it vividly, yes. Elite. <laughs> Joe Flacco was elite those for those playoffs, but... Going back through those 10 years, if you just go all the way back and just, you know, look at all these teams, the odds are not out of, I mean, you're not getting a crazy out of nowhere team to win the Super Bowl. The only one on this list that I would say was a deep long shot at plus 4,000, so 40 to 1 odds, was your Philadelphia Eagles bets. Let's go, baby. Nick Foles, our champion. Yes, that's, that's, this, that's unprecedented. We all saw that coming, right? Yes, we totally all did. We had that. We all put our money down way back in 2017. What a year. So <laughs> looking back at these odds, you know, most of them are at least at 10 to 1 or even worse. So you're not going to be able to find somebody that's just out of nowhere. So last year, the Rams were 12 to 1 to win it all. But more important to me is looking at the preseason win total. And looking at all these teams that have won over the last decade, all right, and each season is its own story, its own context, you need to have at least 10 wins on your preseason win total. I mean, every team except those Eagles had that. I mean, the Bucks were at 9.5, and, and they moved up to 10 as the season went on. So I need to find a team that has 10 wins currently projected, and we're going to use DK Sportsbook. It's where we play. So that narrows the field a lot. Do you feel like that's a good way to start off this process? I mean, I feel like in general, you know, the, the big take home when you're looking at all this stuff with betting markets, like Vegas knows what they are doing. So again, it's unlikely you're going to see 
a Lions team that has like the fourth or third shortest odds to win come out of nowhere and actually do it, right? We, it just doesn't happen. So yeah, I think that's a great idea. Follow the win totals. I also think you can use alternative markets too, like uh, odds to make the playoffs to help guide your decision here. But yeah, you're not sneaking up on anyone. Um, you know, if, unless you think Nick Foles does it again with the Bears. Yeah, I think you just follow this uh, this trend. You're not taking the Bears at 101? You know, I thought about it for about two seconds and I said no. You remember how hurt you were with Justin Fields last year, so you wanted to move forward. I mean, they have Byron Pringle as their wide receiver too, so watch out. Let me list you the teams that currently have a 10 win total according to DraftKings, or some of these I used FanDuel. I cheated a little bit because there's a couple teams that are on that 9.5, 10 wins according to FanDuel. So here's the teams. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Dallas, Denver, Green Bay, Kansas City, both LA teams, Chargers and Rams, San Francisco, and Tampa Bay. None of those teams should be a shock to you. What team did you not hear us talk about, though? Well, you only listed a handful, so there's several teams we didn't talk about. But but our team. I'm wondering, our, our where are team. the Ravens on this list? Nine and a half wins? I mean, can we just say that's a 10? I mean, we've, we've already said we like the over, so we're going to include the Ravens in this discussion because they're a 10-win team. We, we've already declared it. And I do think in all honesty by the time you know the nfl draft comes and goes and the season gets closer it's at what was it minus 130 minus 120 on the over at nine and a half so that's going to move up to 10 i think if the market does kind of over adjust so we're dealing with roughly 10 teams that we think could win the super bowl right now all right so basically you know a third of the league almost so knowing this information what do you think we could look at now as maybe some values that are on the board or teams that are overvalued. So you go first on who do you think is overvalued? Yeah, the the rationale for the teams that I'm going to list here, like looking at overall odds, just you know, top to bottom, one to thirty-two. Like I love the Chargers and the moves that they're making with Herbert on his rookie deal. They're incredible. I mean, talk about their defensive additions with Khalil Mack. Obviously, you have Derwin James in the in the backfield on the secondary. Um, they have the playmakers with Mike Williams and. You know, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, and they have a good offensive line and, and all these things. But look at their division and look at what needs to go right in the AFC for them to get there. You're talking about Patrick Mahomes. You're talking about Russell Wilson. You're talking about Derek Carr, who, yeah, he's not on the same level necessarily as those guys, but he's a good real-life NFL quarterback. It's tough. And the AFC is just insanely loaded, especially when you consider, you know, we like the Ravens. Like Deshaun Watson is now back in the AFC um, you know, the list goes on and on with these these quarterbacks. So it's a tough path for any AFC team this year. And so I think as a result, they're a little bit overvalued and inflated here in the market, which really does break my heart to say because, man, I love the Chargers. I love the Chargers too. And we'll talk about specifically the AFC conference in a second because I think there is a way that you can bet some of these teams. I think there is a way to bet the Chargers, but Super Bowl is such a long shot. And I do think they're being overvalued for a team that hasn't made the playoffs yet with Justin Herbert, right? Uh, they were right on the door last year. So I like that call. I'm going to say San Francisco. I think they're being overvalued a little bit right now. And maybe that's because of the NFC. That's kind of what's being baked in. But if you look at their odds right now, at plus 1,400, I mean, they have the six best odds to win the Super Bowl. I don't think we can say that for sure. You and I love Trey Lance. We're all in. We love him for fantasy. For fantasy. But we cannot say for sure that in the NFC West, this is a team that can win 
you know, 11 games. I, I can't say that for sure. I need to know, have that with confidence for me to be able to say they have the six best odds. So any thoughts on the, on the 49ers? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I put on the show doc, is Trey Lance even good? We don't, we have no idea. Like we haven't seen him play NFL football long enough for a big enough sample size. And I, I feel like this is assuming he is starting. I think that's what everyone would assume as the most likely outcome. There is still a range of outcomes where it is Jimmy Garoppolo. And in that case, I could kind of understand where this line comes from because we've seen Jimmy G, even though we don't love him for fantasy, the dude plays good enough football to win NFL games for his team. So, or not for his team, but with his team. Um, and so I think that that makes a little bit of sense. But yes, as it stands today, I do agree that definitely that is a, a line that stuck out to me. I think it's a bit overvalued. In their win, their schedule projections that I had, I have them at 9.75 wins. So it's right there on the doorstep of 10, our threshold that we're talking about. Uh, they do play a third-place schedule because they finished third in that division. Uh, and so I just think they have some tough – they have a tough road. They played the AFC West, by the way, uh, this year. So I think their schedule is not the easiest. So right now I think they're an easy fade for Super Bowl. We can talk about them in a second about the NFC and I think divisionally, they'll be one to talk about because I think they're right there with the Rams, although the Rams have 10 and a half wins. Give me a team you think is being undervalued for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, let's not bury the lead here. It's our Ravens, you know? I mean, come on. The The Ravens are a team that I think in general we are buying, buying low, quote unquote, so to speak, in the market based off of where they were a year ago. And I put a lot of this stuff in the article that's on the website that came out last week. We talked about it a little bit on the show, so you can always go back and check that out or check out the article for more details. But the bottom line is, you know, it wasn't that long ago that they were considered, you know, a top 10, top eight team to win the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson was in the top six or seven odds to win MVP. They were the favorite to win the division. And then they had the worst injury luck since uh, Football Outsiders has been tracking it since 2001. And now all of a sudden they're buried in the market. So I think it's just a value play. I know the AFC path is really difficult. But we love their schedule. We love the over on their win total. And so when you think about correlating your bets, it makes sense, I think, to just to throw a little bit on the Ravens here to take it all home. You know that I'm going to aim in anything anyone says about the Ravens this year. I might retweet it. People might even question. I thought you were a Falcons fan. But our Ravens at plus 2,200 still do look good. I also see in here that you have the Eagles as a long shot. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to tell me why you're not crazy. Yeah, this is going to sound crazy because everyone knows I'm an Eagles fan. But what it comes down to is the <laughs> NFC East is terrible, right? Carson Wentz is one of the quarterbacks. Daniel Jones is one of the quarterbacks. And we've seen what the Giants and football team have become in the last couple of seasons or for the Giants the last several seasons. And then for the Cowboys, man, like they make so many silly coaching decisions on certain game situations, whether it's a field goal or fourth down or whatever. And uh, Amari Cooper is a big deal. You know, like he, he's a legit good wide receiver, Michael Gallup coming off an injury might not be ready for the start of the year so i just think when you look at the nfc east you know we saw them win nine games last year they snuck into the playoffs as you've seen with the bengals if you just sneak into the playoffs and kind of go from there you get hot at the right time things can happen now again it is a an extreme log shot at plus 4500 i'm not confident in this at all but as we said the nfc is just so weak that i'm looking for value in the nfc market mostly okay i'll take that in terms of i don't think their odds should be that low yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I will say, I think you could make a case for any team in the NFC East to win that division. I, I think that's one of the f only ones I think you could say that. I mean, you could do, say the same thing with AFC West, but I, I think any Carson of those Wentz can be a, a division winner. 
I bet the over. <laughs> All right. Let's go once. We're back. <laughs> I mean, it was seven and a half. So I, I, I'll take that. I think you could take any of those. I will say a team that frequently lets people down. It's usually the Chargers. It's usually the Falcons. But it is the Minnesota Vikings. They are a team that I think is just undervalued right now on the board at 40 to 1. So they're right above the Eagles. If you were to pick which of those two teams you think has a better Super Bowl shot at just if they both got to the playoffs between the Eagles and the Vikings, who would you pick? Should I pick with my heart or my head? You should use Uh, your brain. Okay. Yes. I I mean, the Vikings for sure. You know, Kirk Cousins, people like to give him a hard time, but I think he's a good quarterback. And obviously when you have a playmaker like Justin Jefferson at your disposal, who's top two, top three in the league, that means a lot. So yeah, I think that they're very interesting for sure. The only thing that kind of keeps me hesitant on the Vikings is just, you know, first year head coach. What does that look like? Um, And like you said, they just let people down every year. I, I totally get that. I think what what stands out to me is looking at their odds, they're behind teams like the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Titans, the Colts, teams that are in the AFC. They're behind the Cardinals, a team that I don't think are even going to win nine games this year. Uh, it's just they're, Are you allowed to say that? In yeah. Studio? I, oh, I've said it. I've said it to them many times, and they said, Ooh, I get man. it. Did so, you get a, a message from Andy to pack your things? Uh, yeah, I've already gotten about 10 of those that, I'm, okay, that I've basically been fired every day. But the Vikings, uh, we'll talk about them more when we get to divisional stuff. I've already taken Vikings to win the NFC North. I think it was at plus 300. So I think that there's room for them to improve. They're notoriously a one-score team. Like I think there was 15 of their games last year were one score. So that is not repeatable. So I like the Vikings. I think they'll be a team that you can find some value right now. And they picked 12th overall. I think... I think they're going to take your boy Derek Stingley, uh, the cornerback, which would be an excellent addition to a team that def- desperately needs some help in the secondary. So I think that the Vikings can get there to the playoffs. I think they have a shot in their own division. And because of that, I think they're a bit undervalued. So before we get into our picks for NFC and AFC, let's take a quick break. Best potty break ever that I've ever had. I feel better. I feel energized to continue with this show. Let's talk about the AFC because it's kind of known as being the big brother, the alpha conference these days. The NFC has won the last two years, if you remember that. But with the AFC, how are we handling this knowing that there's such a crowded path to win this conference, right? So the odds for everyone else they just look different when you consider, you know, four of the top or three of the top four teams are all from the same division, which math, the math checks out that that should not be there. But right now you have the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos, along with the Bills, being in the top four. So how do you approach this from a betting standpoint, knowing it's so crowded? Yeah, we've kind of just talked a little bit about NFC potential Super Bowl winners, or at least just finding value in the NFC. I feel like when you're looking at conference winners from the AFC, I'm not really looking for long shots. Again, like in the NFC, what you're talking about with these Vikings and kind of Eagles discussions is, well, it's a lot weaker. Not as much has to go right for them to get there. But for the AFC, you're talking about a team. Let's take, for example, you know, like a value team like the Patriots, who obviously have had a ton of success over the last decade. Like 
let's say what has to go right for them is they first have to probably win the division or at least come in second competing with Josh Allen. Okay, they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl, the Bills are. Then if that goes right, then they have to beat out other potential playoff teams like the Chiefs or the Chargers or the Bengals who are just in the Super Bowl or the Broncos who just got Russell Wilson. So, you know, there's just a lot more that has to go right. I don't think there's a lot of value in these long shots in the AFC market personally. It's interesting to me you brought up the Bengals. They're at 11 to 1 odds. Uh they're at six best, but I I thought that the public would crown them as one of the best teams in the AFC after their Super Bowl run because they're so young, they're returning basically everyone, and yet they're still kind of punished. So I would say if there is some value, it's on a team like the Bengals who can win their division again, can go on a run. It, it kind of shocked me. I thought they'd be third. For me, I would rather bet this here than trying to figure out the AFC West because let's say that the Chiefs win that division. It would not shock me if Russell Wilson of the Broncos took their four or five or six seed, whatever they have, and made a run through the playoffs. So I would rather look here. You're getting better odds on one of those AFC West teams than you are in their division where they're all scrunched together. So give me this, and let's just say one of those AFC West teams makes it through. I'm betting on that in this market as opposed to the other. I think that makes a lot of sense. And when you do that, you could even bet a couple of the teams and still right. profit as long as one of them gets through. So I think that's actually a pretty sharp play. How are you handling the Bills at as the favorite, which a position we haven't really been able to say in a very long time, but the Bills at 3-1 to one basically, uh, is, there, is there any interest there? Because I feel like the only thing they can do is let us down as the favorite. Yeah, I'm not betting this in the AFC market. I think if you are going to you know, put a little bit of futures money on the bills. Like you might as well do it as a Super Bowl champion, because if they win the AFC, we already talked about it. They're playing relatively speaking, probably a weaker NFC opponent. And I mean, unless it's Tom Brady and the Bucks, of course, they're, they're one of the favorites, but any other team in the NFC, you know, you can poke holes in them. Um, so I'm not necessarily saying they're a bad bet, but if you're going to take them, you might as well just take them to win the whole thing. Let's go over to the NFC. The Buccaneers are actually a pretty popular bet. It started off at plus 375. Now it's down to plus 350. I have no problem. You know, we we don't like to tie up our money too much. I have no problem putting a bet on the Buccaneers to win the NFC and getting these types of odds. Uh, That's just my first take in looking at this. So the Bucs at three and a half to one, Packers at four and a half, and the Rams at four and a half. Those are kind of the clear teams that we like, uh, or that Vegas likes. And then you have the Niners, Cowboys, and Cardinals. So those are basically teams that we project to get in the playoffs. The Vikings are up next. How are you approaching the NFC knowing it's a softer path to the conference title? Yeah, you just talked about it. You know, the Bucs, I think, are still a value. I mean, Tom Brady's not coming back just to throw more touchdown passes. Like, he's coming back to win a Super Bowl and get back to the Super Bowl. And obviously, they're bringing the band back together to do that. So... Yeah, I think they're the play. I mean, I think the Rams are a little interesting at plus uh, 450. But again, because of the fact that, you know, there's only a handful of teams here that I think have value. Like, there's just teams you can cross off right away. Like, sorry, Kyle, no to the Falcons, no to the Lions, no to the Panthers, no to the Giants, no to the Bears. So, like, all of a sudden, your list just gets so short that you're already ending up with the favorites. And again, Vegas is very good at projecting this stuff. Um, I think the Bucks are still a value, even though they're the favorite, which kind of sounds like a... A bad take, but um, I think they should be better odds than what they are. I, I would say the Saints are a team 
that were right on the door of the playoffs last year at 25 to one to win the NFC. I think that there's enough there for them to be able, like they have a couple of first round draft picks. Those could hit if there's an injury, you know, that happens with Tom Brady or with, with the bucks, like there is a path for the saints with a pretty easy schedule to be able to get to the two or three seed and, and, and it work out. But other than that, like I don't love any of these. I mentioned the Vikings, I think are a fine long shot, but NFC is one of those that I'm basically going to do the bucks and then kind of wait and wait and see how that works out. Like, I mean, I think everyone expects Brady to just do what he's going to do. And I hate betting against that man. I've done it for years and it's never worked. So I would just say, stay with the bucks. It's, it makes sense. They're there, but you're getting such great odds right now. Still in the plus money that I think it's going to work out. All right, let's talk about one more in terms of the futures markets before we get to our bold or cold predictions. And it's the NFL MVP. So in NFL, we're not talking about like in baseball. I was thinking about this earlier. Like in baseball, we get two MVPs, right, for each league. Uh, and it's a little different. And same thing with NBA, where you only get one. In the NFL, you basically get one, and it's called a quarterback. So knowing that right now we have Josh Allen at seven to one, Patrick Mahomes eight and a half to one, Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert and Tom Brady are ten to one. Those are the favorites, and then you have some others like Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford. Of those favorites, are you interested in any of those? It's tough because in MVP markets, again, you follow win totals, you follow odds to win the division, you follow basically paths to winning the one or the two seed, which we know is important in these markets, and we know it's always a quarterback. So the thing is, is like a lot of these make sense, and you can tell yourself a story as to how they get there. The only real question you ask yourself is, do you think there's enough value on the bets this sounds crazy to say. I think there's value on Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the market seems to have overcorrected and overshifted for what has happened with Tyree Kill. Obviously, Josh Allen and the Bills are the favorite. But looking at the odds, they are still the odds-on favorite to walk away with the AFC West. They're still up there in win totals. They're still up there in uh, the conference to win the AFC. So like, if it happens, it's happening because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. So this is the first time in, what, three, four years that he's not the favorite. That feels like a value to me. Um, but outside of that, at the top, I, I definitely like Brady. I mean, we just talked about the Bucks. If it happens, it's because of him. And the other thing, too, you know, you throw in more like narrative-based stuff. The people that are voting on this love a good story, love a good narrative. Like, think about Tom Brady coming out of retirement, taking his Bucks to the Super Bowl, winning MVP. It makes a lot of sense. MVP is one of those that you need to sprinkle. All right, you can have something you really like. Like, you and I love Lamar at 25 to 1. That's oh, yeah. that, that sounds awesome. But we're not putting all of our eggs in that same basket. I did bet this, by the way, uh, because I think there's a ton of value for a player that a year ago would have been top five. But think about this with MVP, and I'll give you some betting trends. Shout out to Sharp Football's Curtis Hirsch, who has some great stuff out there on the MVP markets. So the last nine winners have been quarterbacks. Since 2001, only three non-quarterbacks have won the MVP, and they were all running backs. Since 2001, every NFL MVP winner was on a team that won at least 11 games. And Adrian Peterson's MVP season was the only exception. The Vikings won 10. So we've been talking about that number, at least 10. And I would say in a 17-game season, I'm just going to say 11. We need 11 wins. And last year, Cooper Cup had basically the best wide receiver season of all time this side of Jerry Rice and wasn't even close. So 
knowing that information, who do you think is being overvalued right now? Yeah, basically we're looking at this, you know, as you just said, we're trying to find names that aren't quarterbacks to see if there's anything that's overvalued. I know that you'll touch on a couple here in a second, but the one that I'm going to talk about that is a quarterback is Deshaun Watson. He has better odds than Derek Carr, better odds than Lamar Jackson to win the Super Bowl. And he's basically right behind Dak and Kyler. We just talked about how difficult the AFC is, but let's throw in the other stuff. Like it seems more likely than not a suspension. We don't know the length is most likely going to come, but I think the odds don't factor that in personally. But what the other thing that I'm looking at is like when we use win totals, we use uh, odds from the division, like the sports books are afraid to even hang a line for this because they think potentially he's going to get suspended. So I don't understand why he's at where he's at. If that should be factored into his price, I would probably put him down at like right next to Lamar or maybe a little bit behind Lamar, given we haven't seen him play football in a year, potentially suspension. The Browns have made all sorts of wild moves this offseason. Who knows how it's going to work out? It's just tough to see it for him at that price. So not saying he can't win it, obviously, but the other thing, again, you're throwing in a narrative. These people are voting. There are humans in this. People are voting with their heart and with their kind of eyes of what they're seeing. But think about how controversial that would be. I'm not saying I agree with it. That's just the reality. So at that price, way overvalued. You hit on the head. There's the narrative is the big part of his story. And, you know, personally, I just cannot see somebody saying one, if he's suspended for three games, I mean, let's, let's put on the lower end, like two, three games, that's going to eat into it. Uh, they're not hanging the line, like you mentioned. So there's no win total, but the messaging that the NFL would be giving is, Hey, sit out a year, <laughs> make as much money as you want. And you are going to be the, I mean, there's just, there's so much more at stake there. So yes, if you want to do that, I believe you'd be lighting your money on fire. But maybe, you know, some people, they, this is what they want to do. They want to watch the world just totally burn up. There are those folks. A lot of them on Twitter, for sure. That's true. So, yeah, I, I can't see Watson. It shocked me when I saw his odds and I saw Lamar Jackson was behind him. Uh, so the two names, Derrick Henry, Cooper Cup. They're awesome. But why does Derrick Henry have better odds than people like Kirk Cousins or Tua or Jalen Hurts? I mean, quarterbacks that can put up statistically great seasons. They can. I'm not saying they will. Derrick Henry could put up 20 touchdowns and not even sniff a couple of votes for the MVP. It's just not going to happen. Cooper Cup, he cannot repeat this past year. I'm going to say it. Like I don't know if drafting him as wide receiver one is actually smart. I don't even think that's a hot take. It's just statistically repeating it is probably not going to happen. He still could be good for your best ball teams, your fantasy teams, but repeating that same thing is just not in the realm. So Cooper Cup right now is at 50 to 1. Uh, and there's there's players that I think I mean I I'll say this I would rather take Mitch Trubisky at sixty to one than Cooper Cup at fifty to one. Am I crazy? I mean, like you said, literally one of the best seasons of all time wasn't really even talked about from MVP. So if you're just going off of the fact that it has to be a quarterback, I don't think that's the craziest thing in the world. Yeah, please don't tell people that I like Mitch Trubisky by any means. Justin Fields, by the way, eighty to one. Hey, now we're talking. So a lot of things don't don't, please don't do that. (laughs) A lot of things have changed. I'll give you a couple of recent updates. Trey Lance, his odds went from sixty-six to one to fifty to one, which, like it or not, I mean, I like I like the steam. I like the like the guy. Like that it's moved. 
I think that's a bit premature. But if you are just one of those people that says, like, I want to get ahead of the curve, I think he's going to have one of these massive second-year leaps the way that Mahomes did, right? Mahomes sat out the entire year, played that final game, and then the next year after Alex Smith left, he was the guy. That's what you're betting on. Uh, Tua's changed from 175 to 1 to 100 to 1 following uh, Tyreek and everyone else. So there's some value there if you think the Dolphins. And then Matt Ryan went from 100 to 1 to 50 to 1. I know you've placed some Matt Ryan's MVP bets in the past, but any interest in Matt Ryan? Whoops. <laughs> um, he's tough, right? Because, like, think about the Colts' path. They have an incredibly easy division, of course. Um, I can see it. I just, I think a lot would have to go right again in the AFC for him to get that would be not out of the question. I think he still has played good football in the last couple of years. I think he still has some good football in him, but, um, I don't think the, the long shot bet is there enough for me at that price. Tom Brady went from off the board to being like tied for the third favorite. That's, that's how you know you're the goat. I went from sitting on my couch to, yeah, I guess I could be MVP this year. And you mentioned earlier, like, kind of a good bet at 10 to 1. Yep, I like it. All right, give me somebody that you think is undervalued before we finish out. Yeah, not to uh, keep saying the same thing over and over again, but it's Lamar Jackson at plus 2,500. You know, we've made the points, obviously, already with the win total, um, with the undervalued position of the Ravens compared to last year. Again, all that stuff on last week's show, or earlier in this show, on the website. Uh, it is Lamar Jackson at plus 2,500. So I'll mention Kirk Cousins again at 50 to 1. Kirk Cousins has had a 35 touchdown season. He did that two years ago. I think it's possible, it's in the realm of outcomes, that he could get to 40. If he gets to a number like that, they win the division and they get to 11 wins, I think he's in the conversation of people that could do it. So I like his odds knowing that. Obviously, it's a big if. I'm not projecting it, but I think you could do worse. You know, I mean, like I said, Derrick Henry uh, has better odds. Cooper Cup has this, you know, same odds as him so i'd rather go kirk cousins as the quarterback but before we finish let's get spicy ridiculously bold predictions yes brought to you by kyle's mom's mashed potatoes Hey, my mom, she gave me a call and she said, you know what? Your brother, he always liked my mashed potatoes. <laughs> my mom's such a good sport. She loved it. She was fine oh, with it. That's great. Love my mom. Uh, So each week you and I get to give a bold or cold prediction or just a take on life or football. And you kind of have to figure out, are we lying? Are we really convincing? Is this something that we really believe? And then we get to reveal it. So this week I will go first. And hopefully you can just take this for what it is, Bets, and see if you believe me or not. All right. So we have been compiling our running back rankings for the fantasy footballers. Next week, we have our show. And currently, there's a player ranked as the consensus RB20. Jason has him buried all the way at RB24. And this shocked me. Who is this man, you ask? His name is Saquon Rasul Cuevas Barkley. I had Ooh, to get his full name. I've heard of him. He's going right now in underdog as the RB12. He has the ADP of 25.8, so you can get him in the early third round, according to underdog. 
So my question is, is Saquon a thing of the past? In games played last year, he still saw 13% of the team targets. For a running back, that's good. That's better than Cordell Patterson. That's better than Aaron Jones. He just turned 25 years old. So this guy's still really young. I get it. He's been in the league. This will be his fifth year, his final year on his rookie deal. He's looking to get a big contract. Brian Dable is their new head coach. He's creative. And the depth chart behind them is barren. It's your boy, Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell. Okay? Who? I'm willing to say this, and I'll say it right now. I'm willing to say that when it all is said and done, Saquon Barkley can still be an RB1 in 2022. Not the RB1, just an RB1. I'm saying top 12 here. Okay, yeah. I buy that, sure. Do I believe this? Uh, I think you do. Gosh, I do. I really do. <laughs> and it shocked me because I initially thought, okay, well, Saquon, he's done. He had his time in the sun for Dynasty and everything else. I really do believe that he's being undervalued right now. And I think that if you get Saquon as your RB2, let's say you start off your draft with one of the studs at the top. Let's say you get CMC at the 102. And then you draft a stud wide receiver at the end of the second round. And then you get Saquon Barkley as your RB2. I think you can actually say, I am set at running back for the next six rounds. And you just are set up for a while just to go with two running backs. I think he can be. I think that his receiving ability isn't gone, although it's not the same as it was with Eli Manning. I really think that Saquon Barkley is going to be a value this year because he's old news. People are ready to move on. But he's still skilled enough. And this offense was utter, utter trash with Joe Judge. Their management handled everything poorly, and he's playing for a new contract. So a lot of narrative there, but a lot of skill set for a player that we've always loved, and I think he can do it, and he's being undervalued. Yeah, and just real quick to talk about those injuries, like, you know, coming off the ACL last year, it was he was an easy fade in round one, and people were still bagging into the name. We knew he would start slow. We knew that it would take time. And of course, like three, four weeks in, he starts getting the workload. He gets ramped up in volume. He looks really good, actually. Another two, three weeks go by randomly steps on a dude's foot rolls his ankle affects the rest of his season so yeah i'm willing to kind of buy the the dip in the market so to speak easy fade last year easy buy this year based off adp so i actually really like that take kyle i am in you know i'm always going to be rooting for a penn state player too so of course i like that a good take and those are far you know most people don't know where those are but i have them sometimes and i'm willing to give them sometimes yeah just just every now and then you know you sprinkle them in there um all right so what i'm going to talk about for my bold or cold statement is that this is the best time of the year to be drafting best ball teams. You might say bets. Okay, look, man, it's April. We got the masters on like baseball just started. I'm not even thinking about what's going to happen this year in football. And I would say to you, how does the RB 29 sound in best ball for James Connor? I would also say to you, how does the RB 33 for Kenneth Walker sound to you when we know based off the research, that was on this week's show for the ballers that we have two rookie running backs that finish inside the top 24 every year for the last decade. The amount of value I'll also throw in Leonard Fournette is undervalued right now in best ball. The amount of value on these running backs, because people are kind of worried about what might happen in the NFL draft presents the best time of the year to be taking these guys in best ball and to do best ball drafts before people are plugged into what's going on right now. Go do it. So, 
there are two schools of thought here. Okay, some people would say you should draft early because of the values, and that's what Betts is presenting. Other people would say draft more later because then you actually are getting players that you know you're bypassing injuries. You're you're letting the market correct itself. I know you. You just like best ball. You like any of these things at all time. I do think that you like to wait, which is why we wait generally until after the NFL draft because you have a lot of players that are going to be super irrelevant in just a hot second. Like a lot of players we thought, oh, they're going to get a ton of targets and the team adds a wide receiver. So I think that you like best ball and you're cool with drafting, but the advantage isn't quite there in the beginning. So I have a couple of things to say about this. The first (laughs) is the actual success rate of terms of looking back at historical data as to when people win in best ball it's pretty evenly distributed and sometimes there's a little bit of an edge the longer you wait especially if you're getting into like august and you're getting more casual people that you're drafting against then yeah sure that makes sense but some of these adps man like i actually believe this take are insane to me leonard fournette right now rb25 leonard fournette has one of the best roles in football i always knew you were a leonard fournette guy (laughs) I knew like, I'm not saying, saying he's a top six guy or whatever. We just did our writer uh, an early mock draft with our writing staff. He went in round two. I buy that. I think he's undervalued right now in best ball. Same thing I talked about with guys like James Conner. Look at the depth chart. I know we have concerns about his injury history and all these things, but they give him the football a ton. You're never going to get James Conner as the RB29 in two or three weeks after the NFL draft. Not a chance. Um, same thing. We talked about Kenneth Walker. I mean, the names on here are insane. I think now's the time to at least start, get your portfolio started so that when you come back and you start drafting over summer, you have a lot of really good value on your roster from when you drafted in April. Yeah, we're going to get to talk about that next week. We'll kind of preview some best ball ADP. So those are the ones that stood out a ton. James Conner was one of those that definitely stood out to me. So we'll get rolling on some of that best ball content in the near future. Next week is our NFL mock draft. Can't wait to get into that. Can't wait to go back and forth with you, Betts. It's going to be a grand old time. Why don't you sign us off, good friend? Yes, I would love to. I'm excited for that uh, show next week. That's one of my favorites that we do every year at the NFL Mock Drops. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen. Have an awesome weekend. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.